Hello and welcome, NACA members. We're back with episode four of the NACA podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Doug Church, Deputy Director of Public Affairs at the NACA National Office in Washington, D.C. We've got a very eye-opening interview for you today with St. Thomas FAC Rep. Patrick Sinowitz, six months after two Category 5 hurricanes struck the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. The St. Thomas Air Traffic Control Tower finally reopened last week, and it's a credit to collaboration between NACA and the FAA and also the work of TechOps. First, a few headlines from the latest issue of the NACA Insider. Region X Alternate Regional Vice President Ed Zuka taught at the International Civil Aviation Organization Competency-Based Training for Air Traffic Controllers and the Air Traffic Safety Electronics Personnel Workshop, which was held at the ICAO Middle East Regional Office in Cairo this week. This was the eighth and last planned workshop presented by ICAO. This workshop concentrated on explaining what competency-based training is and how to apply it to the competency elements and competency framework provided in Amendment 4 to the ICAO Procedures for Air Navigation Services. The International Federation of Air Traffic Safety Electronics Association and the International Federation of Air Traffic Controllers Associations were instrumental with developing the training manuals and recommended changes that were incorporated. In benefits news, we have a new NACA benefit to announce. As a NACA member, you are automatically eligible for a $500 rebate from Bonus Drive when purchasing or leasing a new Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, or Hyundai eligible vehicle. Here's how it works. Shop for and purchase or lease a select new vehicle from one of those five dealers. Within 60 days of purchase, owners and lessees complete a short online application at BonusDrive.com. When you reach the Bonus Drive website, you can verify eligibility by selecting Associations or Membership and searching NACA or National Air Traffic Controllers Association. A $500 check will arrive at the applicant's home in 8 to 10 weeks, and that's it. For more information, log in to the member site of NACA.org, go to the Benefits section, click on the Home Auto button, and then look for the Bonus Drive and follow the prompts. Now we'd like to focus on the recovery of our local and St. Thomas U.S. Virgin Islands. The St. Thomas Temporary mobile tower, which was used on the island since operations began after Hurricanes Irma and Maria last September, stopped operations on March 7th at 7 p.m. Services were then transitioned back to the permanent tower on March the 8th. Employees had all the services cut over and tested by 1 a.m. in the morning. Normal air traffic operations resumed in the permanent tower right and early at 7 a.m. on March the 8th. St. Thomas FAC rep Patrick Sinowitz had only been in the FAA for 18 months. He'd only been on the job for a year before Hurricanes Irma and Maria hit over a span of just two weeks last September. St. Thomas is his first facility. In this interview, we asked Patrick about his personal experience and how our NACA members there are doing six months after the storms. Patrick, thank you for being with us today. Doug, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. So you're, a, you're 24 years old. This is your first facility, St. Thomas, and you've been there for 18 months. Is that correct? Yes. And you had told me that you've never been south of North Carolina before you took this job as your first facility out of uh, CTI school. And uh, talk about how you ended up down in, in St. Thomas and what your experience was. And, and uh, more importantly, these hurricanes that hit last September must have been uh, you know, quite, a, quite a way to get introduced to uh, a place like St. Thomas. Uh, yeah, it, it was quite the first first opening act, but um, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and um, I really didn't know too much about the Virgin Islands coming down to the academy. I actually was told by one of my friends from CTI school, his roommate was from St. Croix, which is a neighboring island, and he went back to St. Thomas and really volunteer for here. 
So I, when I first looked it up, I couldn't really believe that it was something you could volunteer for. Um, so I just kind of wanted something new. Being in Pennsylvania, I kind of wanted to change, and I thought, what better way to change than the Virgin Islands? Um, and coming out here, like it's been great. I love it, even with everything that happened. Um, I just like the feeling of the whole island. I like the work. It's um, I don't know if anyone's seen the view of the tower or the runway from the tower. It's right on the water, so it's really not too hard to get up and go to work every day here. <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. Well, uh, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask you right off the bat. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the the tower itself because that that's our. Uh, you know, what what has occurred here over the last uh, ten days or so, right? I think that the, you said the tower reopened after being closed and shut down after the hurricanes. Uh, reopened last week. At, I believe it was March eighth. Is that correct? That you were back in your tower. Yes, March eighth, so Wednesday talk- or Thursday. I forget which one, but yeah, it's uh, before we were in the original tower. Um, we were in a mobile tower, um, just right next to it, running everything and. Uh, the problem with the original tower, what happened was there was so much water that actually came through the top of the air conditioning vents, and apparently it collapsed in, and then it was just water running throughout the entire tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as when Hurricane Irma hit, I was actually luckily on a vacation back in Pennsylvania, so I didn't have to deal with the immediate going through it. Um, but with everything that was happening, so I was told to get back as soon as possible, and I just needed to, like it's I wanted to work there's so much it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of felt helpless being so far away sure um but i'd say just getting back down here and seeing saint thomas it was kind of unbelievable just flying in the first time it's it's normally this green lush island and there wasn't a single leaf left on any of the trees like it was just brown and it looked like a war zone almost. Um, and then when I, we finally got down and we got like to the tower, we went through. And I can't even imagine the force of everything, seeing how everything was thrown around. It's every single car in the parking lot had broken windows. It's there's There was hoods that were gone, everything. So it's kind of unbelievable to like, realize the force of the storm. Yeah. Um, but fast forward to now, finally be back at the tower. Um, I'd say overall we're about 70, 70-80% of the way there. It's nice to be back in the tower. It's nice to be able to stretch your legs instead of being in that small mobile tower. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's a brick-by-brick brick kind of operation because it's there's so much to do and we really have to like start from the bottom up with the tower. Here's my next question. So it- – the repair work that was done in the tower by the FAA and, and the transition work to cut over from the temporary tower to the permanent tower, it, it certainly appeared to be a, a story of a really great collaboration. And I know that's been a thread throughout the recovery process is all hands on deck, controllers, you know, your management, your or, you know, uh, technicians, engineers, everybody having a role in getting things back up to speed. Can you talk about the collaboration that was involved in getting you back into the tower? Uh, absolutely. Um when after the storms we were or i was evacuated everyone was evacuated about three days after the storm hit and they evacuated us to puerto rico um and the hospitality that um, the san juan sea wrap everyone there showed us um woody woody camp 
Uh, he was a huge help with everyone. Um, Jim Marinetti came down, and it was it was kind of it was maybe so new. It's I've heard the names, and I've never seen the faces. And it's it's there were so many people. Uh, John Malesio, uh, Sam Owen manager, um, TJ from Fort Lauderdale manager. They all came down. It's they, they kind of helped just because it was it wasn't all hand, it was all hands on deck kind of thing. Um, the amount of different tech ops guys we've seen. There were guys from Georgia, Jacksonville. It's can't it's like too many to name, but it's amazing that when something like this happens. The amount of help that you get that it's and a lot of it is behind the scenes out like it's we've seen so many of these people but the donations from napca that we got we got it's napca sent down supplies and it was all donations from the members so uh, i just want to say thank you honestly just take this time to say thank you to everyone who did help out um obviously there's more names than i can think right now but it's, sure it's sure. very much appreciated from everyone out here and Go back a little bit because you talk about when you, you got back to the island after being back in Pennsylvania when Maria first, or I'm sorry, when Irma hit September 6th, and then you have the double whammy of a second Category 5. Unbelievable bad luck to have another storm hit just two weeks later in Hurricane Maria. So were you on, where were you at and the other members of St. Thomas when Maria came through? Uh, we were all on Puerto Rico at the time, which. I don't know if that was even the better spot to go to, but it was, yeah, it was, it was such an unforeseen kind of thing with two category fives in a span of less than two weeks. Um, and I got to see St. Thomas a little bit beforehand and before Maria, that's what, what really happened was Puerto Rico is kind of the main hub for St. Thomas. Like that's what it's, since it's farther West close to the mainland. Um, after Irma happened, Puerto Rico helped us so much and they gave us so much supplies from them is that they weren't ready for Maria then themselves. So it's the first few days on Puerto Rico when we were going to St. Thomas to work, it was, it, it was, it was nice. It was, it was nice to see Puerto Rico and everything it was almost like a vacation at first. And then Maria happened and it's just, just like you, you're in the twilight zone going between these two spots that were, you, you know, that there's like so naturally beautiful and it's paradise and just to see the destructive forces that can happen down here, it was it was daunting a little bit. Sure. Um, it, and and for you all, it was literally you you know when when the airport did reopen, which was October second, I believe, which would have been roughly twelve thirteen days after Maria hit the airport open. Is that correct? Um, no, I'm pretty sure it was sooner. I can't. I, couldn't give you an exact date, but I would say after Maria hit, we were back on St. Thomas in maybe three or four days. The airport wasn't open up to anything but uh, military and aid flights. Um, so I don't, it's, I don't know when it exactly opened up to other, that might be when it opened up to general aviation. Okay. But um, we were there uh, three days afterwards, I'm pretty sure after Maria. So and your situation was that you and the other controllers were, were literally commuting to work by small aircraft from between San Juan and the island. Uh, is that correct? Yes, that's what they would bring over us, the other tech ops guys, to work because there was it's almost everyone's houses were there's one house that was completely destroyed of one of the controllers here, and if it, it's if your house wasn't destroyed, there was just so much work to do that you couldn't even start anywhere. 
Um, so, and there was nothing to really stay. So yeah, that's why they took us to Puerto Rico. And I imagine that period of time when you were literally just commuting back and forth and, and living, uh, you know, sort of out of suitcases, out of, um, you know, on the go, having a temporary tower. How do you stay focused on what your job was? And how are you able to compartmentalize all that's going on around you and being able to stay singularly focused on the mission of keeping that operation safe and all the relief and humanitarian flights? And then, of course, uh, when the airport did reopen, uh, getting things sort of back to normal. Uh, it, it's not as tough as you think. I don't, it's, I think everybody who's done this job, like we all have responsibility. And I think we all kind of flipped the switch once we got to the tower and realized what we had to do because um, obviously we were going through it all too. But I think we all knew that in order for the aid to to get on, in order for the supplies to get back on the island, the airport's the gateway to it. Um, a lot of ports were doing it. So we knew that regardless if we didn't have a tower, all we really needed was a radio. And <laughs> that's about it. That's what we needed to land planes. Um, and for a little while, that's how it was. Um, at first, the tower was technically just a table under a tent with a radio. And that's how they were controlling traffic. Um, and then eventually... We got upgraded to the mobile tower, but it, it is tough to like really think that you have all this other stuff in your life, like all your possessions. It's pretty much everything, and it's they're destroyed or gone or whatever. Um, but we, we knew the responsibility we had, and uh, it was once we got to the airport and we had control. It, it was it was a lot more seamless than you would think. And, and your local STT, how many uh, total controllers do you have uh, on staff? Currently, it's nine. I would. It was twelve when the hurricane hit. And your so, normal shift staffing is, is how? Do, how does that work? In a normal day, the minimums we can run are four men, um, and then it's four man days is the absolute minimum. Um, but during the storm, we could only fit so many people on the planes to come over since a lot of the ones were like tech ops. So we had to consolidate as much as possible. So we would have usually try to get three people over, um, two at the minimum, just to get rotations for breaks. But those are usually from beginning to end, 12 to 13 hour days by the time we would leave and get back from Puerto Rico. Uh, but it was usually three, three people and we would do one person on, um, controlling one person, helping out and doing whatever, and then one person on break. Or that person would also, if they could run to their house, if they got like a 30-minute thing to run to their house, see what they could grab, see what they could do. Uh, we also tried to do that just to carve out as much time to see. Because, like me, I, didn't, I, was, I was lucky not to be here for it, but I was also unlucky not to fully prep my apartment or anything and really like pack everything I needed. Yeah. So when I came over the first time, I was lucky. It's the access that whatever you need to do would take three, four hours. And it's, they were, uh, they were doing the control on them. And then I was able to run to my house quickly, just grab everything that I needed. And I actually had to get my dog also. My neighbor was watching her. Okay. So that was my, that was my, I was good controlling until I got her. Then I was fine. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, it, it was about, it was, 13, 14 hour days sometimes. Wow. 
it's it's an experience I can always talk about though. So it's um it's I learned a lot going through it. It's the the preparation it's it's even something you can't prepare for. Two category fives and I remember hearing that Irma was the worst ever to go with the Atlantic. So it's something you can't prepare for. So it's almost like the air traffic thing. It's it's you have to be ready for anything. Um, and I think that's helped. And going forward, we're going to know how to prepare a lot better in whatever capacity we can. Well, that's a that's a great lesson uh, for sure. And, and and what a way to start your career. Um, how are all the other members uh, currently in yourself as far as your current living situations? Are some of you still in temporary housing? Does, have some of you been able to re- repair your permanent uh, residences? Or, or how's everybody doing? Um, luckily, almost or all the controllers down here were renting. Um, no anything down here, which helped. Um, I'd say about half of them had to change places. Um, and it's... Everyone else would kind of clean for places, but it was that was the, quite the process because just being down here in the tropical climate, um, and once your house gets some water in it, it was uh, water and mold damage was really the biggest culprit for everyone down here. So it was kind of a throw everything out, and you had to like clean every inch, and um, that was the tough part was because it was hard to carve out time to be able to do that. It was something you take like a week or two weeks to. But um, that was the hard part was for everyone kind of balancing that part of it. Uh, but every, it, it's we're good now. Everyone has power. Everyone's back into where they need to be um, and settled. I'd, I'll say it's like been that way since maybe late January. Um, and overall, the island, it's there's still a lot of uh, still a lot of roofs that have to be repaired. But um, as far as all the controllers, we're we're okay after. We're, um, I'm happy with where I am. That's where I'm. It's, I'm thankful for what I got now. So, Okay. Well, that's good to hear. And, and uh, certainly you let all of us know if there's anything the NACA membership can, can assist with, and uh, we'll get the word out on, on that. Um, Patrick, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. So, absolutely. Thank you for, you, uh, for having me on. Thank you again for everyone who's helped out, donated, did everything, because it's it's very much appreciated. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and please tell a NACA sister or brother about this new feature. If you have a story idea or a comment, please email me at dchurch at natca.net. From all of us at the NACA National Office, I'm Doug Church. Have a great week, and thank you for what you do every day to keep the national airspace system the safest in the world. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon.